The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Hope you're not feeling lucky because it's Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, and uh, I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host. A lot going on in the world. This is a podcast that's recorded on Thursday on the telephone with our good pal, Pete Prisco. Pete, how are you feeling about the state of the world, your own mortality, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, I feel good about my mortality, Will. I'm, you know, look, it's, it's a serious issue for the elderly, but I'm not elderly, so don't ever dare try and call me that. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't guess you. Uh, you know what? Self awareness. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the uh, no, were, I know you were going. I know you were going. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I'm not letting you go there. <laughs> uh, Pete is working from home wisely because uh, you know not everybody is uh, young, vibrant like Devo can be in the office. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I anyway. went in the office. By the way, Brinson, I went in the office today, and they told me they didn't need me. Mm. I'd be walking around like spritzing Lysol at everybody's face if they got near me. Don't touch me. Psst, psst. Uh, in all seriousness. The NFL uh, has been affected by Corona in the sense that plans have been altered. Again, we're recording this Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, you're listening on Friday. Things could change. We're going to preview uh, free, some free agents, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and uh, as well as edge rushers. But it's worth noting that the owners' meetings, which was going to be held in Palm Springs, has now been canceled the league is still planning to start the league year on March 18th at 4 p.m. as planned, uh, and teams are shutting down things and limiting travel. How big an impact do you think this? I mean, canceling the owners' meetings to me is not a surprise, Pete, but because it, you know you are talking about a lot of look, they're elderly people who are coming down uh, to one place to meet with a, you know, in a big convention setting. That's not what you want at this time with coronavirus going around and, and COVID-19. But how big of an impact do you think this is going to have? Uh, on how the NFL operates in the NFL's offseason? It won't. I mean, they're going to move it to May. Everybody's going to be in – now it's in Los Angeles, or the L.A. area, and uh, they'll just do the voting on one day for the football stuff and then the voting on the other stuff the next day. It's, it's not going to be that big an issue. Uh, quite frankly, I thought these were going to get canceled, and I still think my gut feeling is they're going to do something to adjust uh, the draft and, and you know, oh, maybe yeah. make it less fan-friendly. You know, look, back in the day – well, we used to, the draft used to be like two guys from each team sitting in a room in a ballroom, and they made picks. It, it wasn't like it is or, or it's what it's become, and I think they'll have to adjust on the fly to do something like that. 
Yeah, smoking cigs and, and holding up cards with players' names on it. So, I mean, look, yeah, it's it's going to change. As we talked about yesterday briefly on our Mailbag podcast, you can check that out. You can also check out uh, previous free agent previews. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian McFadden and I looked at uh, linebackers and, more importantly, defensive backs. Jonathan Jones and I looked at running backs. and Do we look at running backs? No, wide receivers. And we did a Super Friends running back show earlier in the week as well. Of course, we talked quarterbacks. Lots of quarterback talk this off season. Uh, the Giants and Jets have pulled coaches off the road for the foreseeable future. The Eagles shut down their facilities, and the Redskins were actually the first team to announce they suspended all pro day travel, including canceling three pre thirty pre draft visits. Uh, let me, I'll be curious, Pete. Do you think that affects teams' abilities to scout at all? You know, it's funny. Is I, I talked to a couple guys today, and we texted with them, and and they all said, "Let's draft now." I mean, they're ready. Mm. Yeah, these, these these things, this is some of this is paralysis by analysis when you get to a certain point. Um, you know, look, you'd like to bring the guy in, get a sit down with everything, but now you know what you're going to do? You're actually going to draft guys based on what you've done in the offseason, which is send your scouts out and do all their due diligence and get the stories about how the guy's not nice to the equipment man and he's got a problem getting in on time and everything else. And then you draft him based on his football. I've, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this might be end up being a draft with fewer misses at the top than we've seen in a long time because of that. Interesting. So you think less, but you have less time to think about it, and so you just pull the trigger on somebody that you might actually like. You're like, you know what? Our gut says this guy's great. Let's not mess around. Let's not, uh, you know, uh, overthink it. Let's just pull the trigger, and then you end up with a, a better pick as a result. Is what you're saying. And I can tell you stories, endless stories in this league, where the scouts have been out for two years doing the due diligence to work on all these guys and getting all the information and finding out if they're good people, if they practice hard, if, if they do their work, if they study, if they're on time and everything. And then a, the coaches come into the process late in it. And it'll be whether it's a line coach looking at an offensive lineman, he gives his evaluation, then the head coach comes in and he's doing his evaluation. And in the end, ultimately, if the head coach has power, he supersedes the two years of work the scouts have put in, in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, not always, but in some, some situations. And that leads to problems. So, yes, from that standpoint, um, no doubt about it. And, and I always go back to a story that relates to that, that I know firsthand. Tom Coughlin did it in Jacksonville when I was covering his team. They had a, the scouts had like a sixth or seventh round grade on a guard by the name of Anthony Cesario. And Tom came in late to the process and gave him a second round grade which was way too high. They drafted him in the third round. And I remember on the first day, and I don't, God rest his soul, because I think he's passed away, um, tragically, right. by the way. But but on the first day of practice, a couple of linemen came over to me and said, hey, who is that guy? And I said, that's your third round pick. And they said, no way. Oh. And, and, and he never he never played for him, and, and, or he played very little for him. And, and that's the kind of thing where you run into problems like that. And I, so I do think that when we look back on this draft, if you don't do the visits, you don't do the, you know, it's not, you know, Overanalyze. You're probably going to see better picks based on the football. So, in other words, you have to lead on your scouting staff and just and trust and trust what they're saying. And let me ask you this: If you were Joe Burrow and you had to make a decision today, don't don't worry about why you have to make a decision, but you just have to. Would you go to the draft and uh, and be up at the stage in Las Vegas right today? Today would I? Yes. Uh, are the fans there? Probably not. Everything's um, as planned. And I, and, I, and I don't think. I do not think that the league would put them in that situation right now. Six weeks from now, that's another issue, which is why you probably haven't seen them. Uh, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen in the next week when everybody, you know, quarantines basically. 
and, and starts being a little more diligent in what they're doing to take care of themselves. It, it's great. Don't you love going to these places now? Wash your hands, and uh, if you're sick, don't go. Well, no kidding. That's common sense. And yet, <laughs> they have to keep. They got to keep. They have to keep emphasizing that. So, uh, yes, I think you would go if it's six weeks from now. Today, no. That's actually a great point. Maybe this this should be a learning, le- a teaching lesson for everybody that don't leave the house when you're sick in the first place and wash your hands more often. It's good for you. You'll be better off if you wash your hands. Well, and how long do you wash your hands? That's a good question too. Twenty seconds I, is I a long time. Answer. Well, they say, say sing happy birthday twice, and you'll, that's how long you have to wash your hands. Have you been singing happy birthday twice? No, I just guessed 20 okay. seconds or so. Because I like the idea of you washing your hands and be like, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Happy people. birthday to me. That's a long happy time. Twice? Yeah. yeah, twice. That's what the nurse told me that. Wow. Um, yeah, I would be fine right now. I'm, I, I had been telling my wife for a couple of days, I was like, I, I don't think we'll go to the owner's meetings feel very confident it won't happen uh, as well as, you know, like I don't know what they'll do with the draft. I would guess if they were planning it right now, something, something different would happen. Uh, free agency is scheduled to go as planned on March. That's easy to do though. That's yeah. all, you know, video conferencing or conferencing or now, you know, bringing somebody in to actually sign the contract. That's a, another issue if the player doesn't want to do that, but, Again, it's it's limited exposure. It's not fans. It's not you know. But you still have to travel. I mean, you might be the only guy in the plane. That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, well, you can always use. I mean, I would assume these teams would be using private planes for like higher level free agents too. Like, take you, you know, we're saying like, but yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it, it's gonna it's changing. It'll change in a little bit. But again, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of these deals have already been wink winked on before we even get to the period on Monday. Do you think Tom Brady knows where he's going to go? I think he's going back. I, okay. You know me. I've said that all along. I think he's going back. I don't think he's going to go want to take part in the OTAs. And, and, and Okay, I'm going to be sentimental Pete, which doesn't happen often, okay? Sure. In the last couple of months, if you're a parent, and I'm not, but if you are, and you see what happens to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, and you see this stuff going on now with, constant fear of your children and your and your elders or whatever, but your children and your family or whatever. Doesn't that put into perspective a little bit the time away that you've taken from them at points mm. in your life as a player? And that's why I thought along along there was a chance some of those guys might retire. But they're not going to retire. But if you're not going to retire, Drew Brees wants to play in New Orleans. He knows it. He lives there. His family's from there. And I think in the end, I think Tom Brady's going to realize it's a lot easier to stay home and play in New England than it is to go start all over again. If he has to go start all over again, he's got to learn a new offense. He's going to be away from the family more. He's going to be in, taking part in those OTAs. So I think in the end, he goes back to New England. All right. I'm going to take it one little small step further, too. And this is an, a bit of an overreach, but I'm just sort of processing it right now. If you're Tom Brady... And you're like, you're kind of on the fence. You're like, maybe I'll go to LA. Like we can start a new production company. We can, uh, you know, we'll move out to LA. We'll live out there. I mean, does the Corona thing change? You're like, do I really want to be moving all my stuff across the country? Do I really want to be going to a new house, interacting with all these different people? I have my sanctuary built. I know I can set up shop. I'm happy in New England. I know where I can go, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe. I mean, I think you got to look at all this stuff. I, you know, I, and, and the Kobe stuff came to me when that happened. It was terrible. 
it was hard, you know, gut wrenching to watch, you know, the family lose a father to those daughters and then, the, you know, the sister and, and see their wife go through it. And a lot of those times, athletes, people don't realize how much time away these athletes have from their family. And, and so from that standpoint, I think that's why Brady hasn't done the OTAs in the last couple of years it, sure. it's because of his family and because Giselle doesn't want him to do that. And, and so ultimately, I think in the end, I think he goes back to New England and, and they'll agree to get him help. Maybe they go get him Austin Hooper. Uh, maybe they go get him, you know, one of the wide receivers on the market, and they'll draft some guys. Uh, I, and I, I do think the the focus. They have a ton of picks, getting those compensatory picks that will be fixed in the offense, and and they'll do it for him. He goes back. That's just my gut feeling. Nobody told me that. Let him play my gut. I, I think I think that the current climate, for whatever reason, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think it changes a little bit of it. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna what he his plans are gonna alter because of you know, uh, Corona or whatever. But I mean, like, I do think that, you know, I mean, it like, you're like, man, what I don't need right now is a lot of uncertainty and movement in my life. Like I'd like to be in the same spot. Uh, did, um, your February top 100, did those end up being the same? Did you move anything around, uh, dramatically from your free agents? No, no, I have not. Who do you think gets tagged on Monday? Rules depending. Let's say there's only uh, one tag. Do you think Brandon Scherf tagged? Yes or no? You're going to go through all these guys? You tell me. I'll tell you yes. You go through them. I'll say yes or no. Yes. Scherf gets tagged. Derrick Henry. Yes. Ooh. Probably gets the franchise tag, by the way. Ryan Tannehill. I think they'll, they'll let him test the market. That's just a gut feeling. Okay. Uh, Dak if they Prescott. only have one, if they only have one, by the way, if they have two, they'll use both of them. For sure, for sure. Dak Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so Amari Cooper's going to hit the market then. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's good enough. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, well talk. I give you other guys because there's other guys. Jack Barrett's going to get tagged. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're going to see guys get tagged. So James he's, Winston he's on the cap room. Who's that? Teams have cap room. They can. They got. They're gonna have plenty of room to do these guys. Uh, you know, I hear the Steelers might have trouble with Bud Dupree, although they want to tag them. But uh, we'll see. I, I think there's gonna be more guys tagged than you think this time around. All right. Well, funny you should mention those two guys. They're edge rushers coming up after the break. We'll preview the edge rushers as well as the big boys in the trenches. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Okay, so looking at the best edge rushers, I tried to do my top five, and I got a little jammed up after three. I thought the first three were pretty easy, and then 
after that. So I'm curious what you, what you think here. Uh, we know Matthew Judon is going to be tagged. Bud Dupree is likely to be tagged. So I didn't include those guys. Shaq Barrett probably getting tagged, as you point out, but they could go Jameis Winston if they wanted to. Do you think they, you think the Bucks are going to let Jameis walk? I think they're going to, yes, I do. I, I don't, you know, Shaq Barrett's going to get tagged and I think they're going to let Jameis explore his options and then they're going to go into the market and look for a quarterback. You know, and believe me, I've talked to people over there. Uh, they would love to have a shot at Tom Brady. Again, I think he's going back, but they'll make a run at him. I think Teddy Bridgewater's in play there. I think Rivers might be in play there, although I think Rivers ends up in uh, Indy. Okay, interesting stuff. So uh, my number five edge rusher here, I had Ty Five, Dante Fowler, and Jason Pierre-Paul. Do you have a B for that at all? No, and, I, you know, Fowler's not going to get re-signed, uh, you know, and he'll get probably overpaid on the market. I don't think he's as good an edge rusher as his numbers would let you believe uh, last year because he, he, he had a bunch of sacks, but he's not a great put-your-hand-on-the-ground edge rusher. What he is is he plays hard, he's tough, he's physical, uh, and he's a good football player. Uh, he's had some issues off the field. That one's a little concerning. Pierre Paul, obviously age is the concern there and, and all the you know the back injury and, and the hand, but he's come back and played well. He played well after he came back last year. I think the Bucks bring him back, by the way. I think he wants to go back there. Okay. Uh, Shaq Lawson, I had, uh, Robert Quinn, I had at number four. Maybe that's an overreach for Quinn, but I feel like, man, when he played so, like, I was surprised to see him improve so much with Dallas to look as sharp as he did. I feel like he's got a little bit left in the tank. Maybe a, a fit for a team like the Panthers, a hometown squad where he could come in and be an edge guy. Could go back to Dallas. Maybe Arizona. They always get the most out of their, the veterans. He could fit as an edge rusher there. Any thoughts as to his status and how he played and, and how those teams might be a fit? He was very good last year. He, yeah. you know, and I, I've known Robert Quinn for a long time. He had one of his better years last year. Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to get a mega contract, though. I think it's going to be more along the line of a three-year type of deal because he's up in the years. Yeah. Uh, how much does he have left? But, uh, he, yeah, he, for a team that needs pass rush help, definitely Robert Quinn can help them. Okay. Uh... Number three, I had Shaq Barrett, and I put down the Buccaneers as the return spot. I think that's the obvious answer, right? Oh, there's no doubt they're tagging him. Or, you know, they'll give him a deal that won't allow him to get out before the market, but I think he gets tagged. Uh, I, but here's the thing. If you give him a long-term deal, it's risky because he's only been a one-year wonder, really. Yeah. Uh, if you don't give him a long-term deal, you have to tag him to keep him because he did show so much last year. Okay. Number two, Yannick Ngakwe of the Jaguars. He said he, they said they're going to tag him. He says he doesn't want to be tagged. I pegged the Titans and the Giants as landing spots. Thoughts on that and how Jacksonville handles this? They would never, because well, they're going to tag him, they would never trade up to the Titans. You can forget about that. Okay. Uh, they will tag him. If somebody knocks their socks off with an offer, much like what the Chiefs uh, had to give up to get Frank Clark, then I think they would consider it. But I think in the end, they'd like to keep him. Uh, I know he's not, he won't be happy about it. They'll work to get a long-term deal. There are people in that building that are much more agreeable to getting a long-term deal done with them than Tom Coughlin was. So I do think that there's a possibility they tag him, get a deal done. They want to switch to more of a defense where they have him standing up with Josh Allen on the other side. That will allow him to, to become like Chubb and, and, and Von Miller in Denver. I think So from that standpoint, I think they tag him. They try and get a long-term deal. He's back to Jacksonville. Okay. And number one should be no surprise. Jadavon Clowney, Seahawks, Ravens. It is kind of it is kind of a surprise though, because he's is not it? a great edge rusher. Yeah, but, but he's a really good defensive that he player. Does, he's a really good defensive player who's not a great edge rusher, and that's why Houston let him walk. By the way, people killed the Texans, but I know this for a fact. 
The reason they let him go is they didn't think he was a guy who could put his hand on the ground and win consistently off the edge. They loved what he did as a football player because he's a good football player. He plays hard. He's tough. He's physical. He plays the run well, but he's not a great pass rusher. So if you're talking about paying him a boatload of money and a big money deal, there's a little bit of risk in that and that he's not a great edge rusher. In fact, Ngakwe is a better edge rusher than he is. If you could combine Ngakwe and Clowney, you'd have the next probably one of the greatest all-time players in the league because Ngakwe is not a great run player. He's not bad at it. He's gotten better at it. But, you know, Clowney's a great edge rusher. I mean, a great run player. For sure. Uh, where Who could you see? Do you think he goes back to Seattle or somebody overpay for him? Somebody's going to overpay for him. Okay. Somebody will overpay for him. I okay. do think the Seahawks will try and get him back, but that, that's going to be tough to do. I, I think somebody will overpay for him. All right. Let's go to free agent defensive line rankings. These are non- Edge guys, right? Uh, Shelby Harris, underrated player, right? Big time year last year. I mean, it was phenomenal for the Broncos. Really surprised a lot of people with how he played. Rising player on the inside. He's going to have a very active market. Did you have Onyemata on there? Uh, we do not. He's going to have a market, too. And, uh, I, you know, when I did the list in February, some of the guys I talked to said, keep an eye on him. And I was a little surprised, but uh, he will get a market. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think when you look at these, this is a, by the way, this position might be one of the best in free agency. Yeah, the interior, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Leonard, Shelby Harris will have a, will have a, a factor in free agency. Leonard, Leonard Williams, how, uh, how dumb does Dave Gettleman look if he doesn't bring back Leonard Williams? And I don't think he is going to bring him back. Here's the problem with Leonard Williams. You like him as a player, but he's not a great pass rusher. So no. if you're paying him that kind of big dollar deal, like Chris Jones, then you're going to have, you know, Chris Jones gets a new deal. They're not the same players. So it's a little bit risky. Uh, I like him as a player. I don't love him. So you got to be careful with that contract. DJ Reader. Seems like the Texans have already There's sort of accepted the fact they're not bringing it back. There's the underrated guy on the entire market right there. That guy played outstanding football last year for the Texans. Can push the pocket, good run player, tough, young, uh, and has spent time working out of Chuck Smith's uh, academy up in uh, Atlanta. So he knows the little tricks of the trade to get better, and he's improved himself greatly. So uh, I think he is uh, he's one of the most underrated players on the entire market. What kind of contract do you think he gets? Like 18 a year, 15 a year? Mm-hmm. It'll probably get 16-ish. Okay. Somewhere in that range. Okay. And if he has a bunch of bidders or like, you know, guys get packed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Javon Hargrave. I I love him. There's another guy on the market. And and you know what? He plays on the nose, has played on the nose, and he can push the pocket as a pass rusher. That's the important thing there. You're not just getting a one-dimensional player. He can push the pocket. He'll give you some pressures on the inside. Love him in that spot. Okay. Uh, any landing, potential landing spots for Hargrave that might work? I'll tell you what, if I'm Carolina, I'm looking at them, uh, because they couldn't stop the run. If I'm Jacksonville, I'm looking at them because they couldn't stop the run. And if I'm uh, any other teams out there that had issues stopping the run, that's a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Didn't realize it until just now, Javon Hargrave. Maybe I did realize this from Salisbury, North Carolina, 27 years old. He would make a lot of sense for Carolina in that sense. Like, I mean, he'd be an hour. Went to South, what, South, Car- South Carolina State, right? Yeah, went to uh, South Carolina State. So, I mean, you're talking like an hour from, you know, basically an hour from home uh, for, for Charlotte. They need big people. 
Yeah, they need so that, big people. So he might be interested in that. Arizona, Arizona could use Arizona could use a big body in the middle. You think Arizona tries to spend in free agency to 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 get ready for the draft so they're not as desperate for offensive line and, and edge rush help? They need defense. They're going to go. Their focus is on defense. Okay. Number one, Eric Armstead. Is he not getting the tag? He's getting tagged, right? Maybe not. I don't think they're going to tag him. I think he's going to hit the market. And and the one thing about him is, again, you go back to his career numbers, they blossomed last year. Did they blossom because Bosa was there and he got more attention? And, you know, he's the, he was the third wheel on that line going into the season, probably played to the second wheel. I mean, he was as good as Buckner. You know, I don't think he's as good as Buckner, but he played to it last year. So that's a tough one, too, because, you know, he's going to be looking for that mega deal and the question there is, is he worth the mega deal? Yeah, it is tough too. Like, by the way, go down. But yeah, by the way, we'll go down that list of defensive tackles. There's a ton of them. You're, you know, you're leaving off the the rough stuffers. Don't get their due, but they're on that market too. You know, I mentioned uh, the kid from New Orleans already, but you got Ashawn Robinson from from uh, the Lions. Jerron Reed, Michael Pierce, Jerron Reed, Michael Pierce. If he keeps his weight in check. Uh, with the Ravens could be a steal for somebody. I mean, just keep going down that list. There's there's a lot of really good. You got the the guy uh, from uh, you got Sue. Yep, you Sue, Sue Gerald McCoy, Malik Collins, Derek Wolf. I mean, you got some bigger name veterans here who like if you want to beef up your run defense, you could absolutely do it. And some of these guys, Danny Shelton, Danny Shelton. Yeah, and that doesn't even include Chris Jones either. You know, I mean, he's I mean, we think he's right. going to get tagged, but you know, yeah, it's, it's he's a, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, he hadn't officially been tagged. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good interior defensive line group. And it's interesting, you know, this doesn't always happen, Pete, but like, it seems like the free agency class matches up really well with the draft class in the sense that the wide receiver free agent class is really bad, but it's a really good wide receiver draft class. Um, you know, there's, there's actually a good offensive line in both free agency and, and, uh, and end of the draft, but like there's not a ton of interior defensive line guys. I don't feel like Edge is pretty good. In the draft, there's a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah a couple in the couple. draft, but like Edge is pretty good in free agency, and 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 not so much in the draft. There's a couple of Edge guys in there, but nothing like nothing crazy. And so I mean, like it matches up well. Uh, I mentioned the offensive line. Uh, your top five, I think this is your top five offensive lineman. Uh, Anthony Costanzo, number five. Uh, honorable mention: Andrew Whitworth, Jason Peters, and Connor McGovern. Older guys there. Uh, Anthony Costanzo. But I'm a governor. He's a sneaky guy. Keep an eye on him. He can play a bunch of different positions and teams like that. He's played guard. He's played ta- uh, center. So keep an eye on McGovern. He's going to get some yeah. action. Early. He's actually not older. I apologize. He's only 26. We're no. Peters, obviously, like in their late 30s. Um, Costanzo, older too, though. Do you like? He was contemplating retirement. He's going back. Yeah, he's, he's going, going back to the club. I okay. don't think there's any question about that. Okay. Uh, Brian Bulaga. Does he stick around in Green Bay or does he go somewhere else? No, I think he's going to go somewhere else. The Packers haven't really been, you know, looking that hard to keep him. I think they're going to let him test the market. If the market's not there, he could go back. But I think there's going to be a market for him. There are a lot of teams looking for a right tackle. He can play; he's still a solid player. Okay, uh, Jack Conklin is going to get real paid in free agency, right? There are some people that think if they had two tags, they might use one in Tennessee on Conklin, and, and rather than use it on. Tannehill and let him test the market. Now, I don't believe that, but I could see some people saying that. Uh, Conklin was rolled the dice on himself last year. He didn't play, you know, he was hurt. He didn't play all that well. Uh, came back, rolled the dice, didn't, you know, didn't sign his contract, get a contract session, and now he, he played well. So give him credit. 
Uh, I, him and Buffalo would make a lot of sense to me. They have a lot of cap room. And what I would do, and I, I don't know if they'll admit this, I would move Ford, Cody Ford, who played right tackle last year, inside the right guard, and make Conklin my right tackle. All of a sudden, your line from tackle to tackle is pretty darn good, although they have to fill that left guard spot. That is actually a nice idea. Uh, Joe Tooney, my guy from NC State, multiple-time Super Bowl winner, really good guard for uh, the New England Patriots. He'll be a Miami Dolphin. I don't think oh. there's any question about that. I think, really? I think he's going to be a Miami Dolphin. Yep. That I easy? think the Dolphins will make a strong – him and Ted Karras, I think they'll make a run at both of them. You saw they didn't pick up the option on Daniel Kilgore in the center. I think Ted Karras will be one of their – will be their center. I think Tooney will be the, one of their guards. Uh, they'll draft the left tackle with one of those picks in the first round. In the right side, you know, the, the, the Davis kid's a pretty good player, and then they can fill in at right guard. I, I think they'll be okay on that line next year. Okay. And finally, number one, an on offensive line, Brandon Scherf. We're including him, even though, as you mentioned, uh, we expect he's him to tagged. protect. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get tagged. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of teams that will line up to sign him. He's been, a you know, a, a, their best lineman that, with Trent Williams being out last year. He was clearly the best lineman. Uh, and he's gone to the Pro Bowl. He's a tough physical guy. He's good in the run game. He's good in the pass protection. Uh, I think he, and remember, he was a college, he's one of those guys. College tackle. There are a lot of college tackles that we look at, and one just retired, and he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame discussion, Marshall Yonda. Yeah. College tackles move inside the guard, have done, made a nice transition. You know, Osemele was another one. Uh, I, you know, Zach Martin's another one. I, I think when you look at the transition of college tackles to guard, it usually works, and Sherp has made it work. All right. That's the offensive line. A good group. A lot of money can be thrown around once we, uh, once we get rolling. By the way, the, uh, Chiefs add them to the list. Uh, they have been uh, instructed non-essential personnel to begin working remotely for a minimum of 14 days starting on Monday, March 16th. They suspended business travel and all non-essential travel for coaches and scouts as they continue, uh, to monitor COVID-19 per Adam Schefter of ESPN. Uh, do you think we, do we get to, uh, by the way, I have one more question about the Redskins before we get out of here. Um, can, you think they can work out something with Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf? Cause if you do that, you got all of a sudden, like you got a little, you got guys, maybe he comes back, he's healthy, you got scary Terry McLaurin. Feels like you got a, a lot cooking. I, I don't think they're going to work out something with Williams. I think he wants too much money. He wants, you know, $19 million. I think they'll trade him, get picks. Uh, but you know what? They, they'll, they'll be fine without him. Eric Flowers played good for him at left guard last year. And, you know, they, Penn played last year was okay. Uh, they can find guys on the offensive line, I think, that can fit in there. And, and the problem will be the quarterback position. You know, what do they do with Dwayne Haskins? That's the issue. I think he's their starting quarterback. I think they'll find out what he is. I think Daniel Snyder loves him. I don't think they're going to get into the two of sweepstakes. Uh, so I think it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. just a matter if they can build that thing around him. Do you think it's they won't draft Tua because they love Dwayne Haskins or because they don't like Tua? It might be a combination of the two. I, you know, I want to see how this next month goes for Tua. I really do. Uh, you know, every we keep hearing these glowing reports about his medical. Well, where are they coming from? They're coming from his people, the agent. Uh, you know, is releasing that. I want to see it from the other side in the next in the next three weeks. Let's see him go out and do his workout and throw and move and. And look good. And if he can do that, then okay, maybe. Uh, but if he doesn't, then I think there's growing concern around the league that he might slip a little bit. Yeah. And look, I mean, not to, I, I hate to tie everything back to Corona, but I mean, we don't know how this is going to affect pro days. So if you're, I mean, if you're a guy like Tua and Alabama ultimately says we need to cancel our, our pro day 
or we're going to move our pro day or have it like you're not like you can't televise your pro day or uh you know they they the teams cancel visits and travel for scouts and everything like that i mean that that changes who might be able to view Tua. And I don't think you can viably draft him until you see him on the field moving around, until you get a full medical report. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable drafting Tua at number two overall unless I was 100% convinced that he was 100% healthy. Well, you could get 10 people in the facility, test them, make sure they don't have the virus, coronavirus, stick them in there, stick Tua in there, let him throw to a couple receivers who don't have the coronavirus, and, and tape it. I mean... It, sure. You know, that with technology being the way it is, you know, that's the way some teams told me at the combine, they get more out of watching the tape of the combine than actually watching it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if there's a way to, yes, will it hurt seeing him in person? Maybe. Uh, but in the end, I think they'll get to see him work out. Two more teams to add to the list before we get you out of here, Pete. Sorry, I got to include them. Uh, and look, again, we recorded this at four, like 3.34 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Uh, it would not be surprising at all to me if all 32 NFL teams suspended travel by the time you listen to this or by Friday afternoon. The Falcons, this is an interesting one, actually, because there's been a, a lot of, uh, I think, a, a reasonably heavy uh, Fulton County uh, case level in terms of corona outbreak. But um we have been closely monitoring this developing situation, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be discontinuing business travel for scouting personnel and coaching staff until further notice. And IBM Performance Field will be closed until Monday for an intense cleaning throughout the entire facility. Staff will be working remotely. That's kind of interesting, I think. The Bills also uh, have suspended the travel of coaches and scouts. So I think now we're up to – we're basically hurtling towards – The whole I, league is going to do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And it's, it's I, like we said, we'll take a wait and see approach for the draft, but this is the smart thing. Like you can't be traveling around the country, hitting pro days, et cetera, et cetera, when, when, you know, when not that quarantine is required, but minimize social, what is it? Social, uh, what's the phrase they're using? Social distancing. Social distancing. Thank you, Debo. You like, you like when Debo pops off? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Why are there none in Alabama? None in Montana. None in where's the other one? There's another call. I think it's. I mean, you're 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 listing maybe you're listing places where people don't live close. None in Idaho. Yeah, nobody lives close to each other. Virginia. That or people don't go there. They don't travel there. Yeah, people aren't traveling there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm about to pack up my stuff and go back to the Brinson compound for a couple of weeks, set up shop and eat oysters. Why, 50, the Brisbane compound in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, we got 55 acres, man. Dad's got a panic room. Got everything yeah. I need there. You Are you really going to do that? Uh, no, we might. I might pack up and go back there. I'm not sure yet. I'm the only reason I haven't done it so far is I'm worried that like I might have corona and I don't want to take corona to my parents because then that would suck. Well, go go get tested for it. This whole state of North Carolina has 300 tests. You can't just like request a That's test. It? You have to be. You have to be like, like you have to be showing symptoms. There's 12 cases in North Carolina right now. Yeah. And that jumped and up. Florida has 20, 29. Ooh. Yikes. Huh. Uh, Florida, too. All 12 of the cases are within like two miles of my house, too. So, well, right. I'm by the port in Fort Lauderdale where they've had a bunch of them. Well, yeah, I mean, the port, and, you know, um, you know, people, anybody, people. One thing I'll say is I don't remember, 
I don't remember any hysteria like this ever before. Even when they had the, what was it, H1N1 virus in, in 2009? I don't remember that barely at all. Do you? Uh, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, swine? the swine, swine flu was, was a big deal. They uh, but they didn't, can- they didn't cancel everything. No, uh, what was the one where uh, it was recent? But it was like people, the 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 mosquitoes had it, and you could get pregnant. Oh, Zika. Zika. That was a big deal, but mostly for pregnant people. Like, like I mean, like I mean, we had my wife was like, we can't go here, 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 here. You know, like, um, and then like she had friends. You know, they had to like go to Scottsdale for for a girls' weekend instead of the Bahamas or something like that. Uh, Ebola was a big deal. That happened around the outbreak movie, I think. Would it be weird if I watched Outbreak tonight? Would it be weird? Yes. Like, is that? That would be very weird. It's probably a bad idea, right? That would be. That would be tacky. I mean, I mean, I mean, that would. Like, I'm enjoying. I'm just curious to see how it. How it. I haven't watched it in years. It's not tacky. No, I. Yeah, it would be kind of tacky. I'm not like sitting down with my feet up, like enjoying it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it would be weird to like make me even more paranoid than I am right now. Tacky. What are you talking about? Tacky. By the way, how many people had the swine flu? There were a lot. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't spread. I don't, as rem- quick- I don't remember hysteria. I don't remember hysteria over it. That's all. It didn't, it didn't spread as quickly as Corona has. I mean, Corona has grown exponentially. Uh, add the Jaguars. While we're talking to the te- the list of teams that have taken their coaches and scouts off the road, so I think we're basically. By the way, happy. here here you here you go, Brinson. The CDC estimates that between 43 million and 89 million cases of 2009 H1N1 occurred between April 2009 and April 2010. That's a lot. 89 million. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wasn't swine flu more rural based though? That's it. That's swine flu. That's swine flu. Yeah, but like swine flu is more rurally based. I don't remember. I I'll be honest with you. I don't. Re- I remember the words and I remember people had it, but I don't remember hysteria over it at all. Well, because it was a decade ago. Yeah, but like the difference is, is because so it's caused it's a flu that came from the respiratory respiratory disease caused by type A influenza in a, in pigs, and so like it was a huge deal. Like in North in Eastern North Carolina, there are a bunch of like pig farms, but like the people who work there are not. What happened with this is like you had people from major. Um, with, with Corona, you have people from major metropolitan areas traveling to other major metropolitan areas and it jumps quickly from humans to humans. And that's sort of the, the reason for it. And just the, 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 the quick way in which it moved. Yeah. And, uh, but this one, you know where this one originates supposedly? Uh, bats. In a bat. Yeah, bats. So bat, blue, bat. Animal. So I think the lesson is here, maybe don't eat well, bats. Yeah, well. I don't, uh, have you ever seen a, lot, a bat? You ever been in a cave with bats? They're gross. I've seen tons of bats. They're disgusting. We used to throw rocks at the bats when we were kids and watch them dive at it because they thought it was food. <laughs> we in Fort Lauderdale? Like what? No, when I was a kid in Pennsylvania. Uh, you you so guys are summer, Those summer days where you, you, buy, you, you grab as many lightning bugs as you can and put them in a jar so it lights up. Remember those? And then yeah, I remember chasing lightning bugs. I remember throwing rocks at bats. We did. 
they, you'd watch them, they, they'd be flying around and they'd swoop down and thinking it was like a bird they could go get or food or something. It was funny. Yeah, you hit one every now and then, eh, you hit a bat. It's a bat, whatever. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble with PETA for that one. All right, let's see. This is enough. Pete Prisco, you are, of course, a national treasure. Uh, always fun to talk to you, buddy. Stay safe. Stay out of the way for people. Just don't talk to people. You, know, it's a, it's, you don't have to talk to anyone. It's beautiful, Pete. This is, a, this is a good one for me. I don't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, you can avoid. I think, I think life should have a six-foot cone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk. I got my coat on. Um, all right. Let's get out of here before we insult, before we say something we're not supposed to say. Uh, Pete, great preview. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you soon. How about that? We'll talk to you soon. You got it. As crazy right. starts. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Bye.